break 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 you are now listening to breakthrough news It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is the Punch Out. And those were more sounds from the mass demonstrations that have been rocking the nation of Haiti that we've been able to cover here on Breakthrough News. In our special editions of the Punch Out, that gentleman you heard there was saying, down with U.S. imperialism, down with Joe Biden imperialist, down with Jovenel imperialist. And I think that is really a fitting quote for our final Punch Out here on the ground in Haiti, because it really speaks to, as we've been saying the entire time we've been here, two real things. One, the fact that this dictatorial Moyes regime can only be supported or can only continue to, to, to stay in power, I should say, because of the role of the United States. And two, the unbelievable popular organization, spirit, steadfastness, consciousness of people who have been out protesting for months now, demanding an end to the Moyes regime. And as you could just hear again, down with U.S. imperialism, down with Joe Biden imperialist, down with Jovenel imperialist the consciousness that people truly have about the role of U.S. imperialism here on the ground. And in fact, that wasn't the only time we heard that. We talked to a number of people out on the streets today, and and some of those reports we're going to be able to bring to you in coming days, where people were telling us the exact same thing, that the key factor and the key issue that needed to be addressed was the role of U.S. imperialism, the role of the U.S. embassy in spreading disinformation here in Haiti, and that really that was a critical factor of the struggle in terms of whether or not it's going to be victorious. We've seen so much in the time that we've been here. We've been able to go to rural communities and meet with peasant leaders who are fighting land grabs that are being perpetrated by oligarchs. This one in particular, Andy Apade, who happens to be a U.S. citizen, believe it or not, also uh, one of the biggest business people, if not the biggest business person in Haiti, uh, now contracted out with Coca-Cola, stealing land from presents to grow stevia when they were trying to establish a sustainable agriculture based on food sovereignty. We've had the opportunity to meet with Haitian workers who are working in the export industries and the industrial parks that are almost totally oriented towards the United States and really totally oriented towards the West because of the United States, Canada, Europe, but really especially towards the United States. And they told us about the abysmal conditions, the fact that there's no overtime, the fact that the health conditions in the factory are completely uh, abysmal, the fact that their right to even organize a union, which is allegedly enshrined in law, is not recognized by the bosses or by the government. We've talked to popular organizations and others who have told us about many other struggles in communities, the struggle for housing, the struggle for clean water, the struggle that people have to provide decent employment. I mean, those who are employed in export industries and other things are treated so poorly, but a huge number of people are still totally unemployed. 
We've been to Bel Air. We've been to La Saline, some of the most oppressed working class neighborhoods here in Haiti. And we've seen the fact that the neoliberal government of Jovenel Moise is doing nothing for these people. I mean, we even saw in La Saline the remnants of a housing program that former President Aristide, who was cooed out by the United States, had started to improve people's lives. He was cooed out. That was abandoned. And the, the, what are really slum-like conditions surround all of these homes that had been built during that brief period. And it just gives you a sense of the neoliberal neglect of the Moyes regime. We have also had the opportunity to meet with popular communicators, people working in the media, setting up community radio stations, doing online TV and radio as well, trying to bring, similar as we do in Breakthrough News, trying to bring people the real news from Haiti and from, uh, from within Haiti and from around the world uh, without the mediation of the mainstream media, which here in Haiti, as well as in the United States and just about everywhere else, is extremely biased towards the elites, towards the rich, towards the powerful, and tries to confuse the population with as much misinformation as possible. And people who are working at great odds without much resources in order to set up these community radios, in order to use social media to reach people, and not just here in Port-au-Prince, to try to reach all across the country uh, into areas that don't even have much of any media. Uh, and all they have is a handful of outlets that are biased against the popular struggles. And we've had a chance to also see just the tremendous culture that exists here in Haiti. We're talking about art, we're talking about intellectuals, we're talking about food. I mean, there are so many different amazing elements to the Haitian culture. It's deep, deep roots in the Haitian revolution. It's a revolution of slaves that defeated the most powerful countries on earth in order to establish its independence. And we've seen the pride that people have in that legacy and the steadfastness, which it really holds them up. I mean, you can see that people really can see and feel and believe that that history can be them here today as well in making popular change. And really, I think that is, 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 is such a key factor and the thing that's so often left out that really the Haitian people have taken the agency in their own hands, that people are they, they know what needs to happen. They know what kind of transformative reality what they want to see and that they're pushing towards it. It isn't just, you know, a, a, a spectacle of, of chaos and violence and poverty is the way it's presented in the media in the United States. Obviously, there is violence quite a bit. Many people spoke to us about the intolerable rise of kidnappings and other forms of violence. Uh, obviously, there is poverty, and we were able to witness it and talk to people about the struggles that they face. But these aren't just accidents, uh, and they're certainly not the whole of, of the Haitian people. They are, in fact, just the enforced reality of this neoliberal capitalist government. It doesn't have to be that way, but there is a, a regime, and there have been regimes several before it, that have just done nothing to address these issues and are happy to you know, take the cream off of the top of the vast majority of profits that are being sent to foreign countries by multinationals that are looting the country of Haiti day in and day out. And I mean of natural resources and also the resources of people. And I want to just make a quick note on the violence issue. We spoke to many different people about what was going on. And, you know, there are many different theories. Some, of course, are blaming Jovenel himself for being behind some of the, the gangs. Others are just blaming the general situation of Jovenel creating a, a vacuum of power and questioning who is behind. They don't know who exactly is behind it, but uh, they're really saying that he created the conditions for it as well. So, you know, there are multiple different explanations and certainly many different facets to it. It was something that was spoken about quite a bit. But I do have to say that I think a lot of the takes 
from the Western media didn't really seem to ring true to us. I mean, the way that it's described, for instance, in a New York Times article just a few days ago, it's as if everyone in, in Haiti is hiding in their homes. People are certainly worried about their safety. And I don't know who the New York Times is talking to. Maybe they're the type of people who can hide in their homes. But as far as we can see amongst working class people, people are forced to, to live with this. They're going about their everyday daily business, going to work, doing their business, working in the informal sector. Uh, and there are a lot of fears and a lot of anger as well about the situation. But certainly there's still a lot of vibrancy out on the streets. So and that's one element that I think is important for people to know is that there seems to be a bit of a class divide and a lot of how the Western media is depicting the issue of violence here as if people can just avoid it when many people are directly uh, under, not directly implicated, not directly uh, involved, but really are just totally unable to uh, 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 avoid, uh, totally unable to change their daily routine. They have to live, they have to survive, they have to do what they want to do. So that's another piece, I think, that we'll be trying to bring more out about as we continue to cover uh, what happened here in Haiti after we get back. There is so much more footage. As you can hear, I mean, we were interviewing many people. We have hours of footage that we need to go through and to continue to put things together to bring you some sense of what really is happening here on the ground in Haiti. But what I'll leave you with is this. Every single person we ask this question of, the question being, what do you want people in the United States to know? What do you want them to emphasize? What do you want us to emphasize and underline? It was very clear. They want people to advocate to the U.S. government to end the U.S. support for the regime of Jovenel Moïse. That is the specific ask that dozens of people gave to us. That people said that that was what they were hopeful about. Many people told us, we're so happy you're here, and we're very hopeful that people in America are going to see this and that they're going to work to change the situation there uh, in the United States so that we can change the situation here in Haiti. So for everyone who's enjoying these podcasts, for everyone who has, has, has you know, shared our, our, our stories or, you know, on Instagram or our tweets or all these different elements, that's really all I can ask you to do is not just to share our stuff, not just to like what we're doing, but to speak directly to this issue of your elected officials, uh, get in the streets, sign petitions, participate in cultural events, just do whatever you can do to raise the awareness in the United States about what's going on in Haiti and demand change in U.S. policy. That's what the people of Haiti are telling us they want from the people of the United States. And that's the message that we're bringing to you here on these special editions of The Punch-Out and all of our coverage here on the ground in Haiti. We're going to be returning to the United States very soon but we are extremely grateful to have had the opportunity to be here and to share with you everything we've seen and extremely grateful uh, to be able to come back and offer you much, much more. So please continue to listen to us on The Punch Out. Continue to follow us at BT Newsroom across all your social media platforms. We've got much more for you coming from this trip from Haiti, and we will have more coverage continuing even beyond this. We've made some great contacts uh, with folks who are working in, in different organizations here. So continue to expect us to continue to update you on Haiti.